Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. Today, I talk to my good friend, Megan Skelly, Group Executive Creative Director at RGA in New York City. She is a lovely person. Matt, our engineer, said this was his favorite. Sorry, Jerry Graff. We talk about her dad kicking her out of the house after college, but in a nice way. We talk about stepping over dead bodies, which happens a lot in advertising. And we talk about not being afraid to be stupid, which is a, which is a really good uh, thing that uh, Megan has. And I mean that in the nicest way. Doesn't sound like it, but you're gonna hear what I mean when you hear our conversation. The A-List is brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. Advertising age called Ad House New York's newest, smallest, and arguably hippest ad school. Their philosophy, an ad class is only as relevant as the professional who teaches it. Ad House classes are taught by the best in the biz in the agencies where they work. You get 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. To apply, go to adhousenyc.com. That's adhousenyc.com. And for the latest news, follow AdHouseNYC on Facebook. Without further ado, I give you my conversation with Megan Skelly. Megan Skelly. Hey, Tom Christman. How are you? I'm pretty good. We haven't talked in a long time. Not in a very long time. Uh, but I bowl with your husband. I know you do. I know you do. He <laughs> really enjoys that time with you. He does, right? Yeah. That's he our does. special time. Yep. Um, and we worked together at Kershaw Mountain Bond and Partners back in the 1900s. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, 18 years, Tom. 18 years we've known each other. 18 wow. years. That's crazy. I know. It is nuts. I, I thought I was 18 years old, but then I figured out I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're older than that. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. You were three when we met, though. So. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. So we, we, we like to, in, on this pod, we like to go back in time to uh, where you grew up. I always start with, uh, where'd you grow up, Megan Skelly? I grew up in Connecticut, a town called Wilton in Fairfield County, uh, just about an, it's a commuter town, about an hour outside the city, north. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Uh, you're the, I think you're the second or third person we've had from Connecticut on the, on the pod. Uh, Matt, Matt Ian? Oh, I don't know him. Pod. Um, and what did you want to, what did you want to be when you grew up, when living in, um, in Connecticut? Well, I was definitely going to be a painter. Um, I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying I knew I was going to be a painter when I was, when I was, um, you know, four years old, Right. but, um, I, I was certain, I certainly was, uh, artistically predisposed. Uh, you know, I, uh, that was my thing. I think I, in high school, I was voted most artistic. Oh, yes. So, um. Were you like one the goth chick? Were you the goth chick? I, no, no, it was Fairfield County. Right. I mean, that would have gotten paint. you burned at the stake. Yeah, I, I was I was definitely, you know, a poster child of Fairfield County. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I went to, I went on to college. I went to Connecticut College up in New London, and which is a, just a classic kind of New England pri- private college thing. And they had a great arts program, so I majored in art and art history. And coming out of school, uh, I... I just had my heart set on being a painter. Wow. That's what I wanted to do. 
What 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 made you want to be a painter? What do you think? Was it was it something in your uh, in your in your family? What were like? What, you know, why honestly, that? it was exactly the opposite of my family. My dad was a businessman, um, and my mom my mom was a, um, a you know a mom right. and a housewife. And but they were all they were very very supportive of both my brother and I and our you know like our pre- predilections let's say you know right. what whatever our talent uh, talents might be they were they were super supportive of it to a certain point so I graduate college and my um, of course I ha- I had a job I had a job um, in a like a little design firm in in Westport Connecticut and. Um, and my, my father, I think it was like June 1st, he, he sat on the end, edge of my bed and he said, you have until October. And, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're out. In October, you're out. Oh, my God. And, uh, and it was with a whole lot of love, you know. He was, but that was the first moment when he said, like, hey, you, you got to move. Yeah. That was yeah, the yeah, eviction yeah. notice. So how many, how many months did you have there? should have known he would do that it was like three months three months he gave you three months notice (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) it was like a really good it was like a really good um exit strategy you know (laughs) did his parents do that to him is that why he did that to you um no i i don't think i don't think he really had like he yeah it wasn't it wasn't like a mirrored experience or anything it right. wasn't like that was his experience so he bestowed that upon me it was just <laughs> his way he would you know i when i was 13 years old on my birthday he told me i had to get a job that that's just the kind of guy he was that's amazing yeah, did you get a was, job at 13 yes in what was his your mail job room in his <laughs> mail room work in his mail room so was, y- yeah. your your father is a uh is a slave driver Yes, he he um, he had the work ethic of an ox. Yeah, um, yeah, he he definitely gave me that. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, he he kicked me out um, in all <laughs> in all in a good way. You know, he kicked me out, um, and I I spent I spent a good three years working at that at that design firm. At that design firm, but yeah. what what did you? Where did you go to to college? I went to Connecticut College. Connecticut in, College. So that was like yeah. uh, you commuted. No, no, okay. it was a, it was a you know classic New England like private college yeah. ex, you know experience. It was great. It was wonderful. And you majored in fine art. Yep, fine arts um, concentration in printmaking and drawing. I think. Oh, okay. And then when I got out of school, I started painting, and I I really I really worked in order to paint. So I would I would go I would go to work. And back then, like my job was, um, remember, remember stat machines? Yes, like, I, I, I ran to... the stat machine at Deutsch. That was <laughs> exactly. my first job. And uh, yeah, there was. I remember when we got our first computer, and it was like one of those. One of those, I think, is a Mac Two E or something. Yeah, it was like six inches wide. Right, and, it was a little um, gray, like a, almost almost like a yeah. tan yeah. plastic. Totally. With a little screen on it. Yeah, exactly. So I used to, I remember when I started to be able to, one of my jobs when we got that computer was to set, to start setting type. On the computer. Yeah, on the computer. Yeah. But I also, um, you know, I used to draw people's comps. That was that was sort of my, my given talent in that design firm. They would have an idea and I would draw it. You would them. draw the idea. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's what I used had to do. Had you had you in school uh, 
had you thought about advertising or like making you know, money out I, of design? Yeah. Or? I took one, um, what they called, my, my school wasn't really set up for um, the commerce side of, of art. Right. Um, so there was one class that I took and I hated it. Just, just was it, couldn't was have it hated it art? more. Was it yeah. called commercial art? It was like called art? commercial yeah. art. Yeah. 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 And it was terrible. Basically, like, this is the sellout class. Yeah, for sure. And it was, <laughs> it's like, the classroom was annexed onto, like, a really great teacher's classroom where they were doing, like, fantasy painting and all of this Oh, like stuff. Boris Vallejo kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. And, and, um, and so I was always jealous during that, during that time of what was going on next to me. Right. Um, and you're over there like doing like package design. And, exactly. Yeah. Or like, you know, designing a new set of capital letters or something oh, like right. that. Oh, right. Yeah. Or a, uh, yeah. a, a, a better egg crate. Do you remember exactly. that, that? I don't course? even think it was that sophisticated. Honestly, I might have liked it more had I gotten had I gotten good assignments. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, I graduated. My father kicked me out, and I <laughs> um, I lived and worked in Westport, Connecticut, for three years um, at this design firm. It was called the it was called Marketing Corporation of America. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a front. That was obviously a front for a drug organization <laughs> exactly. of some kind. Exactly, they're laundering. Um, yeah, they yeah. were uh, Russians. There were Russians involved for that's sure. For sure. Um, for sure. That's a My 2017 joke. Trump. Yeah. Uh, um, no, but seriously, what 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 made you go there? Like, why 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 well, marketing? You know, when I graduated, which was uh, you know roughly a thousand years ago, it w- there was mm-hmm. a recession. Um, yep. so, uh, there weren't really, there really weren't very many jobs out there. Right. Um, and I had interned at this, at this place during the summers to make money. Oh, so you um, knew them. So I knew them and they offered me a job. So I just took it, you know, it wasn't like, I didn't think all that hard about that because like I said, I was, I was hell bent to get, you know, go back to school be a painter. for my MFA and all of that, you know. I oh, you were going to go back to school. Yeah, in fact, that's what I ended up doing was um, the big turning point uh, for me, I think, was um, about three, three and a half years into working at this firm after graduation, I applied to, um, I applied to a bunch of places, and I got into some of them. Um, to get to get my MFA in painting, and I went back. To, so my my dad is going to make another appearance in this interview. Yeah, I went back to my folks and I was like, "Hallelujah! I got into school." And they were like, "Great, but you know, you, this is on you. You know, we're not that we can't help. We're not going to help." <laughs> and um, and so and that's I, after you had already like applied and gotten. Yeah, in no, I got in. I didn't excited. even tell them I was, I was applying because oh. I. Uh, part of me knew, I, I guess, that that wasn't They hadn't wasn't budgeted probably, for that, yeah. Well, the, the truth is, is that they absolutely could have. It was just sure. principle. They yeah. just, they just, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't believe that um, if I was going to do this, I was going to do it on my own. They were on the hook for the first four, and then and you, that were, was you it. were, yeah, you were and, on your own. You know, well, and feeding nice, me though, and clothing me. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah, clothing yeah, yeah. and the feeding. For sure. Um, and the extra three months. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, an extra three months. 
of my own bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God. That th- those three years I lived in a, and I lived in a room that was 12 feet by 10 feet. Three years um, of, of your master's. No, when I when I graduated, when my father after my father kicked me out or whatever, yeah, yeah. I, I hate talking about this like this. But uh, when I moved out, yeah. I got this apartment that was that was ten feet by twelve feet. Oh wow! And I lived uh, I in Westport. Uh, yeah, I slept on a pullout couch for three in years. In your own it was apartment. Awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, well, the rent must have been really low, though. Yeah, it was. It was not and it wasn't, not bad. I mean, Westport's not the cheapest place right. in the world, but it it's wasn't fancy. wasn't as bad. It's where so like anyway, uh, 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 Martha Stewart and, and those people live. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. very, very. It's got very fancy names. Fancy. You know, very fancy. Saugatuck. I lived in the Saugatuck area. Oh, Saugatuck. Uh, I know oh, well. Saugatuck. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got into I got into school. I realized my folks were not going to. Um, help out and I don't disagree. I think I would do the same thing with my with Maxine now. Yeah. Um but look out um, Maxine. Start start saving. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we are. Um and I looked at how much it was gonna cost and it was I mean it was an insane amount of money that I was gonna be on the hook for. Yeah. So I've quickly changed all my plans and I I just like like in a in a matter of months, I decided I was going to move into the city. Um, I didn't want to be poor. I knew I didn't want to be poor. I got a job at a at a um, an agency called um, Wonderman, and yeah, and the name sounded so great. It sounded so good. It Wonderman. sounds so great. Wonderman. I thought Wonderman. I was going to like. The mecca of, dun, of dun, design, dun. and I got there, and my first job, my first assignment was to redesign the AT&T bill, yes. monthly billing statement. Oh, yeah. you're the one. Yeah, <laughs> that was my first job. Um, it was awful. Yeah. yeah, and you were like, uh-oh. But yeah. how did you, how did you, so so before, like, you decided this, like, you're yeah. like, okay, I can't afford this, uh, uh, it's great how, like, real life kind of, I mean, your, yeah. your parents taught you an, an, an important lesson that real life uh, is not going to be just handed to you. So you got to, like, weigh the pros and cons and make a decision. And you did. Yes. And I decided that I like expensive things you... and I didn't want to be poor. <laughs> That's I'll... what I decided. Yeah. Uh, so you decide that, but then what do you do? Like what, what, cause there's a lot of people out there, young people who are like, okay, I've decided that I also want to be, uh, rich (laughs) and redesign the AT&T bill. Right, right, right. Well, like what was, what was the next step in your, okay. um, So I did a a couple things. Um, yes, that is, that is exactly what happened. I had a, I had basically a, a crisis moment or a pivotal moment in, in my life at that time where I really did decide I didn't want to be, I want to be, you know, it's, it's all well and good to think that you want to be a painter and I, and I value that in others and everything else. But me personally, I didn't want to be poor. So therefore, so I, I, I did something pretty simple. I, um, I reached out to a recruiter and I think, I think she's still in the business. Her name is Janu Pachter. Okay. She, deal, she deals with designers, 
and um, and she set me up on some interviews. And to be to be honest, though, the the truth the truth of it was, um, and I knew I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in a, in a little town in Connecticut. Right. I wanted to I wanted to go somewhere and do something. You know, be be in a place where I. Um, I, you know, I wanted to be in the city. Bottom yeah. line, I yeah. just wanted—I I wanted that for myself. And um, and so I looked at uh, she. She hooked me up with uh, with a few interviews in the city. Um, I mean, I, I interviewed at Macy's in their catalog department. Wow. Um, I interviewed obviously at a Wonderman. Yeah. Um, and Wonderman ultimately sounded the most promising. I worked for a lovely, lovely man named Lou Dana, who was kind of a legend writer, like a, a direct response legend of a writer. Um, and he and I worked on American Express and AT and T. Um, and it was, you know, it was I didn't know what I was doing. Was it, I, that's one thing I wish I had known. Yeah, and I think. I think people certainly today. Um, I'm one of the probably one of the last of of the generation of people that never went to ad school, right? Right, right. I just circuitously kind of made my way through the industry, yeah. And I made a lot of mistakes, like taking the job at Wonderman is not what um, what I would recommend. A, a you know a person getting into the industry, I wouldn't recommend that they. They take a job at an agency where they had no idea what those people do. I mean, everything. <laughs> I, I lied about um, my. I and I wouldn't recommend anybody do this either. Yeah. But I, but I lied about what I, you know, my skills. I told. I, I said I knew how to use certain programs that I had no idea how to use. Wow. Um, but but nobody know, knew how to use those programs back then. Well, it, it was really bad because when you have to redesign an AT&T bill and you yeah. don't know how to use the program, oh, quark. You, you watch the sun come up yeah. is what happens. So what did you do? Did you, I did just you learned. Get, did you get I a learned. manual? You just, you just put it together. You're just like, all right, I'm going to figure, figure this out. out. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess I'm, all of that stuff because I, because I, pre, I didn't go to ad school. I didn't – I learned everything – Everything that I learned about the business, I learned while I was doing it. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, I like my experience. I thought it was great. Um, so why wouldn't you recommend, what, what, what should they do? What should they, should they learn about the business or should? Like, well, I wouldn't, I, I, I think looking, looking back, I think people now probably have more of an advantage because, because there, there's so much more available. Um, information, yeah information like there was no google right so right. there's so much more available to people to make better decisions earlier um i didn't you know when you and you and i met each other at uh kirschenbaum mm -hmm. um i i should say kirschenbaum and bonds so kirschenbaum that John and bond doesn't put a hit on me yeah um it, when you and i met i had already been working um, for maybe eight years or seven yeah. or eight years, but that was that was honestly my first real job in advertising, because I I went from Wonderman um, and then I went on to Amarati and Purist, and it was a it was a great experience, but it was it was again in direct marketing. It wasn't 
it wasn't in um I didn't get a taste of traditional um traditional work or brand strategy or you know that kind of big bigger media or kind, yeah. kinds of assignments until I got to um Kirschenbaum. above the line below the line yeah, all those all of things it. Yeah. yeah and now and they, now it's like they don't talk about it like that anymore it's all integrated now yeah of course it is of course it is yeah. but but the as I as I look back on my on my history because now I'm um fairly well um you know, working at RGA and my and my last job at 360i were primarily, obviously, in the digital space, social right. and digital space. Um, the cumulative effect of my career, having worked at um, Marketing Corporation of America, which did a lot of sales promotion and a lot of uh, a lot of beautiful design work, um, then going on to direct marketing through two agencies, both Wonderman and Amirati. Um, and then into traditional, now back to digital, which has shades of direct marketing to it because we engage much more directly with consumers yeah. in, in digital. I, there, there is a there is a nice suite of experiences that I've had that I I don't regret. I just I I, I might wish I had gotten gotten there quicker. Yeah. But um, but the. The overall impact on how I look at um, how I'm able to look at work now is uh, I'm I'm definitely at an advantage because of all of those experiences. Yeah, and I think that uh, you say that you wouldn't <clears throat> recommend doing things that way. You wouldn't recommend taking the job at Wonder Room, but like <laughs> you know, there's no you can't really. Sometimes you can't. You know, you can't beggars can't be choosers. You can't like, right. you know, it's like I, my first job was at Ogilvy and Mather Direct. And yep. that's the only job that I got an offer for. And it was that's for a got. junior writer on American Express doing letters. And um, I think yep. we worked for similar people. Carol. Uh, oh, Carol White. Who yeah. Honestly, is, you know, she and Shelley Landman. Um, yeah, wasn't Shelley at? Uh, she wasn't at Ogilvy, or was no, she? No, well, yeah. they both were at Ogilvy at one point, I right. believe, and then they moved over to Amirati. Um, and they—they they were the right, ones who I remember you telling me, like they were the ones yeah. where you were like, "Oh, okay, I get what you do now." Like, yes, I mean, I get they, that this they, is a job and a career, and I could. Is that yeah. when you finally were like, "Okay, this is my career now, and not just that a was, job." Yeah, that was when they did a bunch of – there's some – they had a, a massive impact on me um, on so many levels. For, first of all, they they did teach me what legitimate, like, what advertising really was. That At that point, they created the ambition in me to actually want to make my way in that – in the career. Um, they They – gave me drive. So they taught me what, um, what a good idea was. They, mm-hmm. ta- they, um, and, and even more than that, they, as women, they represented, um, a leadership team that was, you know, masterful, brilliant, warm, um, like nurturing, and all of the all of these amazing qualities that that they exposed me to that that honestly I mean I, I was only at Amirati for maybe a a year and change, but 
but they're but they're the reason I moved on because yeah. they 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 gave me um, they made me want to be in the business. They were um, your your role models, maybe. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you finally I, saw yourself in somebody else. Yep, yep. Um, I remember doing. We were. Do you remember the business, <laughs> the company Compaq? Yes, with a Q. Yeah, Compaq yeah with exactly. A Q. So that was the account that they had, and it was a huge account back then. Yeah. And um, and we we were going to lose it, so we were pitching. And it was brutal. Like, we were, you know, it was late nights, early mornings, and it was just, it was really, really hard work. And um, they went off, you know, like, they went off to war, um, and they they um, pitched the business. And we found out fairly quickly. I came in one day, and there were flowers on my desk. And I was like, oh, I hope that means good news. And, in fact, what it was was, Carol and Shelley leaving me flowers because we had lost the business. And, and they just, you know, their way was to, um, you know, was valued the people in the process mm. so much. To, it, it was just a really beautiful gesture and made it, you know, made it, made a huge impact. That's so great. Yeah. Do you find yourself uh, sort of modeling after yeah. them now? Yeah, they they taught me a lot. Um, their their impact, and and we'll get to him as well, but Stuart as well. There <laughs> there are certain people that um, that come that emerge in your day. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> like almost every day, you sort of go, "What would Carol do, or what would Stuart yeah. do, or yeah. whatever?" I sometimes do. What would Stuart do? And it, it I, I I usually <laughs> just go like, like, "Yeah," but I I don't have time not. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't do that. Who's yeah, got exactly. time for that? I'm yeah, I know. Exactly. No, this he was he was great. great. This, this could be could great if we spent three more hours writing it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. So so yeah. You, you're at Amarani and Puris. Uh, you're you're finally you, you get your mojo. You you say like okay, I could do this. Yeah. Who who are your partners? Who are your first partners? What do you remember? So my first partner was a um a guy who you know um <laughs> my first partner at Amarati was a guy named um Chad Walker mm. and I've stayed you know I've stayed good friends with him um and he's bounced from coast to coast to different you know like he's out in Boulder now I believe yeah um and uh he so he was my first partner and he's the reason I ended up at Kirschenbaum because he uh he got a job down there and then very quickly um, reached out or had Kirshenbaum reach out, Trisha Krupa uh, yeah. reached out to um, to get me down to yeah. interview. Yeah. And that's what I did. I interviewed with Bill, which was terrifying. <laughs> like the big handsome man that he is. He, he told me not to me. talk about him on this show anymore. He's, <laughs> really? He's going to be very upset. <laughs> oh, dear. We're in such trouble. Really? Bill Overlander. Oh, I don't know. He's just, uh, you know, he's modest. You know, Bill. Yeah. Oh, he's totally modest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was, anyway. that was, uh, what, what was that? What did you do in that interviews? What, like what, when you heard about Kershaw what was the, was that like, cause I remember when I heard that 
my partner was going to Kirschenbaum and I could possibly interview there. I never been so nervous because I always. Oh my god, to I was terrified. There. My favorite story, by the way, Tom, is the the story that you had about uh, BBH when they sent your book oh, down in the elevator. Oh God, <laughs> that's my favorite. Oh, uh, that's so a good one. sad. Um, I was mortified and terrified, and I figured there's no way in hell they're going to hire me. Like, I yeah. just couldn't, I just couldn't, but that's it's kind of, a, I guess it's kind of the story of my life. I mean, I, I ended up, um, there was a, a client, I think they had cable vision. I think that was it. They had a client that had, um, they had a pretty significant need for direct marketing and, and Kershaw did I don't think had, I mean, you you were at Ogilvy Direct, so you obviously had experience. Yeah. But there were the, I don't think the the direct experience there was deep. So I got in yeah. under there were that a couple guide. of us. And then and then at some point there were there was a brief that that um, nobody had cracked on Cablevision. And Chad and I had you know they they gave us the brief. Right. And it was like one of those things, like the typical thing. And this is this is a lesson of advertising. Is like when there are dead bodies everywhere. Yeah. You just step over them to get to the finish line, you know. So um, that that's what we did. We just we got something into a meeting and we got it sold, and it wasn't very good, but we produced it. Yeah. And then and then it from there it was, um, you know, it was just it, it, things just kept coming. You know, once you win one thing, you get called into the next room. Yeah. And was so. Chad was Ch- Chad wasn't your first partner ever. No, I had other partners, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't really institutionalized. Um, at, so when I was at Almirati, Chad was my partner. Oh right. Um, yeah. He's he's basically who I worked with. Right. And when, but when I was um, at Wonderman, I don't remember me. I didn't have consistent partnerships. Yeah. There, I was much more of just. Like I was a designer. You were a designer a guy, of promotional and direct things. Yeah, it was like it was you well, know it's a coupons and bang tails and yep, yep, yeah, it's like brochures, yeah. things in paper that people don't make anymore. Yeah, things that are now called marketing landing pages. Yes, you know. Yes. So, um, there was a guy uh, I did part. Uh, the I remember one guy I partnered with who was a really good dude, but he was a journalist and he was just trying to make a buck in advertising. Wow! And his name was Steve Radlauer, and um, he he I worked with a yeah. bunch at um, Wonderman. At but, Wonderman, and yeah. yeah, and and it's funny because now I think things have come full circle, and like we're all trying to be journalists on all of our accounts now. Isn't that you know? the truth? Isn't like, that the truth? That's yeah. the new marketing is like, yeah. well, we have to make content. And so content, we need sure. to go and talk to all of your, you know, we need to be interested in the world and giving the news uh-huh. in a new way. Yeah. yeah. Storytellers. Storytellers, yes. Yep. Yep. Um, so so you get to Kirschenbaum and you've, you've sort of made it then. Is that when you felt like you, you'd made it? Um, like you, you were I, in the you biz? You know what, Tom? I never feel like I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> It's That's not, sort of what's special about you is that you don't yeah. you don't do that. Yeah, I never um for better or for worse, that's not that's not something I've ever I've ever really felt. There have been times when I've I've um I've felt felt the fear of having made it. Um what like, does that mean? Meaning that 
um, when you get to a point or you get yourself in a position that you're, I'm, I guess I have the overwhelming need to live up to whatever I happen to be given as a challenge or an opportunity. Yeah. And that, and that, you know, fear is a great motivator for me. Right. Um, which I've finally figured out <laughs> at this late stage in my life. Yeah. But, um, so at, at Persian Mountain, well, I felt very privileged that I was getting these opportunities. I, I had the over, you know, kind of this feeling that somebody was going to find me out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did inherit from my father that work ethic of an ox. Yes. Which usually is my stand-in. You know, when 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 things aren't going, you know, when things are need to go well, that's what I lean into is just, you yeah. know, work hard. Just that's get it. the job in front of you done. I think exactly. that's a really good, yeah. Uh, yeah, when things are spinning out of control and you feel like, oh, all, you know, it's all going to hell and the client is picking the wrong thing or the, or your creative director is, you know, just yep. whatever you're doing, just do a good job at that. Exactly. And that's all exactly. you can control. Stay focused. Right? You gotta, sometimes you just, it, it's that, sometimes you just have, you can't look beyond the end of your nose. Yeah. Um, and you have to always, trust the process. That's something exactly. that Stuart Rosario always used to say: uh, is that you have to trust the process. Just, trust the process, exactly. Just love Which the is, process. Yep. And and the other thing, the other good thing, he popped into my head just as he said his name as well. The other thing that he that I thought was great advice that he gave to me was um, don't don't look back every day and say what have I done. Mm. Look back every six months. And say, have I, am I ahead? Of, am I where I need to be? Mm. As opposed to like, if you evaluate your progress on a daily basis, yeah. Um, instead of instead of as we were saying, just focus on what needs to be done and do the best possible job. They're going to be, you have to trust the process and trust that the opportunities are going to come up. Yeah. and make the most of those opportunities. Um, it strikes me that that was much simpler uh, advice back then, and back then wasn't that long ago, maybe 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, before there was now, when you said, like, don't don't think about what you did today, now we're thinking about what did we do in the last hour? Like, have we got, like... I know, uh, I know. Things are, are, are faster and faster, and you still have to kind of keep um, your your perspective and just be like, I need to get this copy done or this, uh, right. you know, this design finished. Um, right. Well, and you also have to love your, you, I mean, you have to, uh, there's a difference between evaluating yourself based on your product yeah. and actually just loving what you're doing, loving the craft of what you're doing and, yeah. and, and doing the best possible job you can, you can do with that work that is in front of you. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a, there was a, there was a team at Kirschenbaum that, that were just, we gave them this assignment for one of our clients. Their names were Damien and Krista, Mm -hmm. and they were a young team, very young team. And we gave them the assignment of doing a, it was like a guide or something for some product. We got this project. They took that guide and they wrote the hell out of it. 
Mm. Every page had something wonderful on the page. It was art-directed impeccably. And no matter, it was the most wonderful thing to go through and see see a team take something that could be so mundane and turn it into something so lovely. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I just think that, like, that's, that's, that's why we do this is because you're allowed to art direct and write every day. Somewhere, somebody's sitting in front of a uh, computer uh, designing a brochure while they're listening to this going like, oh, my God, I need to, <laughs> exactly. I need to reevaluate. Because, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, think outside the box. Make it different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. make it make it something that you would want to see, you would want to get in the mail, or you would want to pull out of a take one wherever in a movie yeah. theater. You know? or, and, and you could even look at it as just be selfish. Yeah. Do something, you you know, do with these these little things. I mean, uh, that's, it's, your, it's a, yours to it's yours to make great. Exactly. I mean, I used to look at. Um, Think about the Target small space ads that yeah. we did at Kirschenbaum. They didn't have to be great, yeah, but they were one of the you know one of the best campaigns to date. You yeah. know that has been you know most awarded and everything else. Yeah. So yeah, anything is an opportunity. What uh, what have you seen? Uh, you've been at a lot of different agencies. You've uh, you sort of uh, always always had a job you've always been you know yeah. in in, yeah. in demand and and kept yourself uh what have you what's the difference between the different agencies and how do you evaluate where to go next and what to do and when you should leave and when you shouldn't and all that stuff well oh gosh that's a great question do you follow um, the clients do you follow the bosses do you follow the people what, what's the i think um i think what i I've made some, you know, in my later years, I've, I uh, had the opportunity, um, I don't know, even know if you know this, but when, um, so I hopped from Kirschenbaum and I followed, I followed Bill up to McCann to work on Intel. Right, yeah. I got global experience there and that was, that was very important to me. So that was, that was the decision I made to go up to McCann was really to get, you know, a global campaign experience, which yeah. is you know, probably the toughest account I've ever worked on, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then... I um, forgot that you followed Bill. I yeah, forgot that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this guy who was so intimidating to you when you first met him became, you know... Has, he's like one of my... Yeah, he's one of my very good friends at this point. I, yeah. Um, yeah, he was... But he was intimidating. He was terrifying. Yeah. No, I just had breakfast yeah. with him last week, actually. <laughs> and and uh, I just... I was sitting there laughing because it's like, you were so scary. He's like, I never really threw the chairs. I'm like, yeah, I think you <laughs> yes, did. I think you yes, did. did. Maybe not at people, I but you saw, might have thrown a chair. people come through. No, now he's really... Now I'm going to have to cut this out because yeah. he's really going to get me now. <laughs> okay, we don't have to he do that. He doesn't do that but anymore. The, the headline is... He was a, he was a young... One of the most wonderful, warm, it's true, dear people uh, that anyone could ever know. It's true. Um, and he's just passionate. His he's passion now at Oberland doing, uh, Oberland doing doing some socially responsible socially work. responsible advertising. So yep. uh, go go uh, go text him. Get get a job. 
I, I'm, I've got all the job I can take. No, right not now. you, not oh, you. Right. you. You're oh, taking the care listening. of. There's people listening. I think. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. I hear. Yes, I think they. Matt I tells hear. me. That's good. That's good. How are we sounding, Matt? Okay, good. That's Matt. Um. Hey, Matt. Um. Okay. So I went up. I followed Bill up to McCann. And, um, which was a great experience. Um, and then I, then I went over, I, I hopped him, I hopped to McGarry Bowen. Um, and then I got recruited by my partner from McGarry Bowen over to Densu. He, he was the CCO of Densu and he, he, he brought me over, uh, to help him sort out that it's, it was a really small agency. But what essentially happened was that, um, Densu folded into 360i. It was ah. uh, it was absorbed into 360i, and the the magical thing that happened for me was that I uh, that was that would have been a very difficult experience for me to get. Yeah. Um, and it could have been really daunting because uh, you know it was a it was a field of work that I really didn't know hardly anything about. Um, Digital, People, you mean? What's uh, social specifically? Social. Okay. Um, I, I had some I had some experience in in digital at that point because of the types of accounts that I was right. working on and stuff like that. But social specifically was kind of um, the wild west, and yeah. not a lot of people at that point were doing it or doing it well. So um, how did you in this with this whole new medium? Because there's always going to be new mediums that come out mm-hmm. and. And uh, and sort of like take over and, and as much as you think like, well, I'm a digital native, like there's going to be something like a wearable thing in your brain and yeah. you're going to be now not a native. Um, how do you get – do you just use it? Did you just start using it more? Did you just read up? What did you do to, to um, sort of catch so up? I, I did, a, I did a, a lot of reading, but I don't know that reading – um, was exactly, I don't think that was the secret to my success. I think what I did was I leaned on the people. I wasn't afraid to be stupid. That's right. Awesome. So, so have, a, I guess what I took away from the experience was I, I know what my strengths are and I, I can take stock of what my strengths are. I'm really good at strategy. I'm a really solid art director I can flip. St- I can identify strategies that are going to create great, great creative. Mm-hmm. I, I'm good at those things. What and what I what I recognized in the social landscape and in the digital landscape, there aren't that many of those thinkers in that environment. That's right. Yeah. Or at least back then, there weren't. Right. Right. So, but. I didn't know anything. Uh, I didn't know nearly what the people that were surrounding me knew. So and instead plus, of instead of saying like, "Oh, I totally get it too," exactly. and acting as if you yeah. just said like, "Guys, I have no, I have no idea, idea what, I'm, what doing. I'm doing. Tell me what's up." <laughs> right. So if you're not afraid to be stupid, but you you lean on your strengths, but don't be afraid to be stupid. Right. You can you can really people will fill those gaps for you. They yeah. will help you. If you've got the humility to recognize that you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, as long as you're the kind of boss or the kind of uh, coworker that puts flowers on their desks. And, right. You know, you have to do all those, like, little right. things along the way to keep that sort of. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Maybe not and flowers I, on their desks, but just be nice. Yeah, be nice. Uh, don't be a Be dick. thankful. 
yeah. um, recognize that we're, that, you know, the the mistake I think some people, um, especially in new new positions, uncomfortable positions, or it, I think sometimes people make the mistake of um, acting without listening. So leaning so heavily into their strengths so as to start making decisions that don't necessarily take, take advantage of um, what other people might know or your own, your own weaknesses, you know? Yeah. So, so you're being cognizant of your strengths, but also being cognizant of your weaknesses and mm-hmm. other people's strengths and weaknesses at the same time. That's, yeah. that's why you've, you've stayed in the business and you, you've, you've grown and you've, uh, you've matured so much. I I agree, and I also think that, I mean, this sounds really, probably really expected, but um, I, haven't fe- I haven't felt more like this than in the last maybe five, six years in this business. Things are changing so rapidly. I feel more at home now than, than I ever did before, because I'm not deal- we're not now in this business dealing with a set of standards that is unchanging. What we're dealing with is a constant, cha- a constant. You know, we're always new, learning new things. Yeah. We're always inventing a new way of. Um, you know, the best work is re- is hacking things and, yeah, yeah. and creating innovations that weren't didn't exist before. Yes. that's far more exciting than than the work we were doing 20 years ago. Yeah, if somebody you know? had told you that. Maybe you wouldn't have wanted to be a painter. Maybe you would have wanted to be in this business if somebody it, I, had sort of put it that way. So, so big, big uh, lesson for me as I as I've made my way through this business was that I I think I'm more fulfilled by what we do in advertising than I probably ever would have been in painting. I hate it sounds sounds shallow, but I do, but I really do believe that I I feed I'm. I'm far more interested in the pace and the the um, the technology that we're able to play with every day and yeah. the, the storytelling that we're able to bring to life. There's a lot there's a lot of good in what we're we're faced with every day. Yeah, there is, and yeah. I think that's that's really great that you've you've come to that uh, realization. And now you're at RGA. I am. Uh, you just got this job. You just, uh, it was big news yep. going over there. Yeah. Um, wh- what, is, what is different about RGA? Why RGA? Well, RGA is arguably the best digital agency on the planet. Um, so it wasn't, you know, when the phone, the phone can ring, the phone rings, you know, you, but you don't always, there, there are only a few places where it's like a no-brainer that you're going to, you're going to, absolutely entertain the, the offer. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine called me, I think, on, it was right after New, New Year's. He was at CES, and he found out that his creative director was leaving RGA. Mm-hmm. And he called me up and he said, can I throw your hat in the ring? And I, and they, I didn't skip a beat. I love 360i. It's a gr- it, it, was, it afforded me a great experience. But, but RGA is a, um, it's a different it's a different opportunity. They, yeah. It's a. It comes from a very different DNA. They make things. It's a culture of makers. They make yeah. digital products. Yeah. Um, not many agencies have 
uh, come from that DNA and have been able to grow and change as, um, as marketing has evolved and changed. And they, they're, they're an incredibly ambitious environment filled with very, very bright people. Yeah. There's a lot of good people over there. A lot of good people, but they've, but they're all, they're, they all have humility. Mm Um, there's, it's a, it's a, it's a really good vibe. Just really bright people um, and uh, incredible thinkers. And as I said, they they it's just this culture of making yeah. that um, that I don't think you get at a lot of different agencies. Uh, we, you know, we're afforded the opportunity to work with people. Like we we prototype things for meetings. We mm-hmm. you know we're able to make things um, in real time, which is. Uh, that's Which great. Is great. And, yeah. it, and it, it, again, it sort of gets back to that point of like not being afraid to fail and do something, you know, a prototype that totally doesn't work or a, you yeah. know, like try something new that maybe you've never tried before and, and be okay with the fact that, you know, we have no idea what we're doing here, but like, let's try. Yeah. Let's, let's get also, people that know what yeah, they're exactly. talking about. And they're also, um, I think there's something, and this is a, this is a personal thing. There, but there's something about advertising that, ha, in some cases, in some agencies, you can sort you can find yourself surrounded by um, creatives that are thinking about just the creative, right, and not the consumer, or about the television spot that they want yeah, to shoot or the script. Yeah, yeah, and know. I and one of the things that attracts me most about RGA is that the the agency is built on products that reach consumers. It's, yeah. a consu- it's all about it's all about people and how people interact with things and yeah. ex- and experience design is so fundamental to how that agency thinks. Yeah. That it that the great work just comes out of that. It comes out of that consumer first. Um, approach to work as opposed to advertising first. Right. Where the media has been bought, we're going to do a 30 second ad. Yeah. And I think that that comes from, and you're perfect for that uh, because you had that direct, you know, sort of catalog background is like, you know, while others were, and I was jealous of all the guys working at Goldsmith, Jeffrey and Deutsch and all those cool places when I was at Ogilvy direct, but I, I got to say that I feel the same way. It's like I was doing things that were going to be important in the future um, and learning those skills uh, very early on. So I, I I think everybody should work in it for a year just doing I think sort so, of, too. I mean, I, I think it, it sounds terrible, but when, you're, when your performance is basically dependent on whether or not somebody, a person wants to engage with what you are yeah. saying – I mean, it's literally you're evaluated on whether or not people want to hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's a very different interaction. And, and I'd say today I'd rather be in that environment yeah. than in an environment where I'm making 30-second spots that no. are just yammering on about something. You know? I get to make podcasts. That's what I, I get to do. podcasts. And talk to you. <laughs> talk to people like you. It's perfect. Um. Did I did I catch everything? Did I get did I get your your whole life story in one big? Uh, I think you did. Thing? I think right. you did. This is uh this goes in the time capsule, and you can uh, show it to your grandkids someday. Oh my gosh! And they'll listen to it. And they'll Maxine, be like, "That's grandma." 
Yeah. So Maxine, when I when I took this job, I was you know an agency spy or whatever. Yeah. And she saw. We don't talk about my, agency spies. Yeah, I know. Whatever. They don't have comments anymore. That's they're right. Dead. No, they're we can. Dead. No, we can talk about them now because they're not. They don't yeah. have the mean comments anymore. Exactly. Uh, but Maxine <laughs> saw my you, picture spy. in Agency Spy, and she's like, "Mommy, you're famous for a day." Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's true. Week, this will be very meaningful to her because all she wants is for me to be For famous. you to be Insta-famous. Yeah, yes, that's the exactly. new thing. She's wondering why I'm not an Instagram influencer. And you were in it point. after the bad, the evil comment <laughs> thing happened. So, like, you didn't get any, like, No, I did. I got, I, got one, I got one guy who... Well, that was, was me. Just because, oh, you know, you. I, I have a secret. everything. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. No, I did. You know, I, I was in there before the comments oh. went, went down. Yeah. Um, so I had the benefit of that. It's wonderful. It makes yeah. you feel so good about yourself. It does. It does. <laughs> and, and, and we know that all of those people commenting have, uh, you know, like their, their careers are just yeah. over the moon. They're, no, they're listening right know. now going, yeah, I'm better than her. Why aren't yeah, I on the air? They're in Cannes right now getting ready for Cannes. Yes, they're yeah. in Cannes getting ready for Cannes. Exactly. God, I'm not going. Are you going? I'm not. I mm. wish I was. Next year. Yes. Next year. Next year we'll yep. go and we'll do the we'll do the show there. Maybe we'll have like a, Ooh, a live A list. Yes. All right. So anybody out there wants to like take me and Matt uh, <laughs> and Megan to Cannes and we'll set up a little booth uh, on the beach. Uh, you can get like a windscreen, Matt, right? Yeah. So that we're good. That would be great. So uh that's it. I guess that's it. Thanks for talking to us, uh, Megan Skelly. Thank you for having me, Tom Chrisman. It was great talking to you. You're one of the nicest people I've ever been in Kansas City with. Oh, my gosh. That was the best. Yeah. It's Your good cameo times. in those Kansas City. Do you remember? I still love those spots. They are good. They were uh, great Who was spots. that? Eric Joyner. Eric Joyner. Shot those spots. and uh, production. And Dave, David Jellison was the totally. assistant director. And we just used him for something else, and he was the bassist in Rat. The everything comes back to Rat <laughs> and power balance. I have balance. no idea. Um, and Stuart De Rosario thought we should go over the uh, the storyboards one more time the night before the shoot, so he didn't let me go to the Rolling Stones concert, which the production company had gotten me front row seats for. Oh my God! So I'm not going to have him on the pod. Yeah. Because Stuart. you know what, Stuart. I have a picture. Remember the all-night shoot? Um, I have a picture. I don't remember the all-night shoot. Maybe, maybe if you do a, do you have a land? Do you have a landing page for this podcast where I can, you can show? No, pictures? but I, I put a, yeah, I put a picture. I'm going to ask you for a picture from when you were first in the business, and you're oh, going to send it to me. Okay, I will. Which I should just um, ask for. But I have a really good picture of you, Stuart, and Chad asleep at oh the shoot. Oh my god! And you'll see how fat I was. This is great. <laughs> it all comes back to me being yep. fat. Yep. It's all about being fat and rat. Yeah. That's true. Thank you, yeah. Megan Skelly. Thank you, Tom. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was my conversation with uh, Megan Skelly. We uh, we really uh, went through all the year. I've known her for 18 years. That is crazy talk. But we're still friends, which is nice. And we did, uh, we did spend some time in, in Kansas City working on uh, Kansas City Power and Light. It was fun. But uh, I did not know that she uh, never went to ad school. She just seemed like she knew what she was doing. So uh, sometimes you don't have to do it, but you know what you should do? You should go to adhousenyc.com and get yourself an ad class, because, you know, 
Megan had to go through all that other stuff, and you don't have to do that. That's a little plug for our sponsor. The A-List is brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. I'm Tom Chrisman. Thanks for listening. Please rate us and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to be interviewed for an upcoming episode, contact us through adhousenyc.com. The A-List is recorded at Gramercy Post in New York City. Our engineer is Matt Stillo. All right, thanks for listening, and I will see you next time.